Hello there and welcome to Golf Lovers United, the golf podcast that is by the fans, for the fans, and where we discuss everything the fair way. Today we're going to talk about Phil, Rory, whether or not there's going to be a cage match. Is there going to be anything that we're going to see calming down between these two heavyweights of the golf world? But before I do that, we're going to dig in to a little bit about what this podcast is, why the heck we're doing it, who the heck we are, and what's the damn point in this entire thing. We're here to have some fun. I'm going to bring on some fantastic people in just a second. I am at Golf Dad UK over on the Twitter, and I'm going to bring on my two good friends at Golf Lover UK and the pro golf critic himself. Welcome, boys. I was going to say welcome to the podcast as if I'm interviewing you, but this is your show. I'm just the guy that's here running the thing and just clicking the buttons and making it sound sexy. So you guys are the talent. Keep rocking. You love doing this. Now, what's what's going on? Yeah. So you know, great question. Um, you know, I I know a lot of uh, a lot of people list, listening to have probably already heard me and Golf Lover UK on various uh, sort of golf uh, podcasts and videos in the past. Uh, you know, I, th- I think part of the reason why we wanted to do this is because one, uh, we make a really great team. Uh, you know, we kind of, we kind of spread out across the globe here. So we're giving people very uh, sort of specific points of view from the UK perspective and from the American perspective. Um, and we just feel like, you know, we provide a perspective based on uh, just being true golf fans. Like, yes, you are going to see a, uh, you know, maybe uh, for me specifically, a little bit of a skewing towards live golf for various reasons that, that we will get get into. But we do follow all of professional golf. We, we follow amateur golf. We just love golf in general, and I think this is a great opportunity for us to really showcase that, uh, to really uh, really start a community of people that, that are like-minded. And you know, we're, we're going to disagree on things, too. I mean, this is totally, totally normal. So you know, that's, that's really you know, part of the reason why we're doing this. Look, you, you put it brilliantly, and I think... For me, the important thing is that I, I, I truly love golf. Um, I fell in love with golf um, sort of late 2012, 2013, having always kind of watched it and it being in my life, but never really started. I started playing a bit in 2010 and didn't play that much. And then I lost one of my best friends. He sadly passed away and who's one I played with. Didn't put my club down for sort of a few more years. Then started playing again. Then I, I had a shoulder injury playing cricket. I used to play a good standard competitive cricket um had to stop bowling and I was a bowler and just got more and more into golf and, and I just fell head over heels with it and, and that those those memes you see saying hey I'm the guy that got fitted for golf clubs once golf clubs once and it became my entire life hello <laughs> but that, that's the truth of it I <clears throat> just fell in love with it and, and I think People have liked what you and I've done before, Jay. And I think that's been a big thing for you and I, that people responded really well. And I started my Twitter account just out of sheer boredom. Um, I had COVID and been watching um, the Masters, the, the, the November Masters. 
I just started to start my Twitter account then and, and then kind of put it down, didn't do much with it. Then my, my late father-in-law passed away and it became an outlet for me just to talk about golf and talk about something different have my own headspace. So I actually have got a lot of fondness for Twitter and a lot of people I've made friends with through it. So really excited to be doing this. And I think because of the way that you and I work in our, in our private lives and golf lives, we actually built up quite a network. We spent a lot of time with a lot of the live players, spent a lot of time with PGA uh, tour players um, we've got some fantastic guests coming on. I know we're going to touch on all that, how we're going to do it, but I like to think that we're going to bring a, a product and a, and a podcast to people that hopefully, and as, as Mark said, as Golf Dads UK said, it's the, it's, it's the fair way. And that's what we're calling this, this podcast. So we are Golf Lovers United Golf Club. That, that's who we are. But this podcast is called The Fair Way. And I really do hope that people feel that. And the way we'll know they feel that is when they disagree with us. Because if everyone agrees all the time, it's not fair. And everyone disagrees all the time, it's not fair. So it'd be really interesting to see if that happens. Yeah, it's a great point too, because that that's one of the things that, that I've noticed with a, a lot of podcasts that, that I follow and listen to. It is kind of a, a eco chamber of sort of similar opinions. And, you know, that that's something we've already found, found out. There's a lot of things that we just disagree on, which is totally totally normal. Um, and I think the fair way is a really, really important thing that I want to touch on. Uh, just being the sort of originator of the, I think I'm the, the originator in this, this term, or at least I've, I've been credited for the corrupt golf media. Um, you know, part of the reason why we wanted to start this is because we really do feel like uh, 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 for the last, you know, 18 months or so, the live players and like players that have gone to live and everything sort of around the live universe just has not really been treated fairly. I mean, I, I think any objective viewer would, would definitely see that, uh, that, that applies to live that applies to sort of these slants sort of towards the, uh, golf establishment and the PGA tour. Um, and I just think that it's something that's really important that, that like we really do, want to center the conversation a little bit. I treat live very, very fairly in the sort of golf e- uh, ecosystem. Um, and that's something that I, f- I feel like very few other podcasts are doing. And we really want, want to bring a community of, you know, people that uh, uh, totally understand that or want to learn more about that. Just bring them together. That's the really, really important part to this whole thing. You said about treating live fairly. I think treating PGA Tour fairly. I think we've got to treat people, treat the whole thing fairly. And for me, what I see a lot of, and I've used this phrase a lot in my life, is that especially last four or five years, the general media have gone from being reporters to supporters. And I hope that what people will see from us is a fair share of actually caring about what we're talking about and diving into it and asking honest questions like. You know, you know, for anyone listening to this that this follows us on social media knows I really love the Live product. I also think there are things that could be improved the Live product. We'll talk about it in another show. I know we will. I'm a big believer in they need to go to four, uh, 15 teams of four. And I, I, and I know you really don't want that. So there's something we disagree on, but I, I but there, I will be honest about my opinion of it. There's loads of stuff I love about Live and they do great. And I love loads of stuff about a PGA Tour. 
My problem with the PGA Tour of late has been the leadership. I think it's weak and I think it's got some issues around it. And I've been very fair about that. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. And, and I, and Golf Dad, t- you're, you're, you're our rudder. I, I joke that Jay and I, we're the oars, we're the power, but you're the rudder. You keep us in the straight line. What made you want to get involved with us? Oh, I, so I'm, I'm quite interested with this one. So I'm, I'm in and around podcasting for years. So I've done this sort of stuff, but my, my golfing background is I've played for, I've hit ball since I was tiny and, but then dropped out of it for a long, long time and just got back into it probably a couple of years ago, actually, actually probably 18 months ago, like really got back into it. And, um, I think from my perspective, I, I always stand on the side of, of fairness completely. The industry that I'm in day to day, I'm, 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 I've always, I entered that industry by almost being too forcefully fair with people that wanted to not be fair. And I think it's, my 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 general approach to things is to is to challenge both sides, every side from every angle. Not not to advocate for anything just because it's contrarian. And I think that there's a lot of that going on in golf right now on both sides. And I, so I was quite interested interested by that aspect of it. Um, so I think it's going to be quite a fascinating show. And I'm interested. I'm just interested in golf anyway. I just love all aspects of golf. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm addicted to the thing. And I think just for you listening out there as well, there are so many other great golf podcasts out there. And, you know, we recommend that you check those out as well. If you've got a friend that likes golf podcasts and they're looking for something fresh, let them know about this podcast. You can find us in all of your podcast apps. You can also find us at glugc.com. And on that website, you're going to find all sorts of ways to support this podcast and, of course, to direct yourself to the listening apps of choice if you are new to the world of podcasting. That's glugc.com. So let's dig in a little bit to the the, the, the concept and, and, and the future of this show because I'm, I'm a big believer in getting something out and evolving the format. So we are going to be adding segments. We are going to be adding ideas. We're going to be evolving uh, the quality, the quantity, and, and, and the whole format of this show. So do stick with it, much like professional golf is right now this is very very in flux it's evolving it will move it will change and it will always always aim to get better and you can have a say in that as well you can have a say in that so let us know at golf dad uk at golf lover uk and of course at pro golf critic so ben i'm going to come back to you man let's if you were to pick two things that you were excited about coming up on this particular show as we move forward what are you excited to get into on not only this episode, but the podcast overall? Any guests that you've got or types of guests that you're excited to getting into? Is there anything that you want to talk about more? You know, what's, what's got your, your, your juices flowing when it comes to this, this particular show? I just, I love talking. I love the sound of my own voice. So anyone that knows me well enough will know that. And that is a huge part of my ego boost. I'm joking. Of course. I think I just like talking about golf. Um, I could talk about my round today. I was 11 over through five. I'm a nine handicapper. I couldn't keep the ball on the face of the planet. So I enjoy regaling stories of how terrible I can play as well as I could. shot 77 three days ago and I shot 97 today. It's a 20 difference in spread. That's, that's a, it's a hell of a, a hell of a difference. But Hey, these things happen when you play golf and you are get, dropped your wife and daughter off the airport at 3am this morning. Um, yeah, early start. What am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to having a community. And I mean that it's such a trite over the top phrase and people get to grips. However, I hate this, this spiel about, oh, I want to create a community, a society. Because most people who say that, they don't actually mean it. 
But what I'm really looking forward to doing is creating a community here where people can ask us questions. We will get answers. They can communicate with us. We will do that. Ask questions of our Twitter handle, which which Golf Dad will, will, will tell you more about all those handles. I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm looking forward to bringing you information from Liv. Look, we're very lucky with Liv. We've got some great access. I've played in the Pro-Am. Pro Golf's played in the Pro-Am. I've got media passes. And we go, Pro Golf Critic's going to be doing that again. I'll be doing it again this year. We'll be doing it next year. Like, we're really lucky to have that access, but also really lucky with some of the PGA Tour connections we got. One of our first guests that's going to come on is the vice president of one of the biggest equipment manufacturers in the world. We're so lucky with our connections to be able to do that, to bring to you literally the VP of one of the biggest manufacturers. Not many people can do that and bring that in. I'm also looking forward to some of our regular guest spots. We've got people like Teddy Fenton, the luckiest golfer on earth. He's, he goes to every live event. He's going to be coming on every, every few weeks, giving us a five-minute deep dive. We've got Matt, uh, Matt Vincenzi, who is a golf golf better, fantastic Twitter profile. I butchered Matt's name. I know I have. I absolutely butchered it, but... Um, well, I, I think I actually got that right. Vincenzi, I think I've actually said it correctly for the first time ever. But Matt is, um, Matt, Matt Vincenzi, uh, PGA, fantastic Twitter betting account on golf, getting him in some for, for the majors, getting him in for some of the larger events. I'm looking forward to having some regular guests that can do five, 10 minute spots here and there. And then we've got a really long list already of players on both tours i say both tours because that's how many people view it we've got some fantastic female golfers who are going to come on and talk we've also got some like 15 minute spot guests which are going to make up rather than be like an episode about them they'll just we might put two of them together and roll those out as their own episode so we've got people like my good mate scott drummond doing the pga championship wentworth in 2004 he's going to come on we'll do 15 20 minutes with scott and we'll bookend that with another with another guest and just put that as a guest pod which would be great in itself as alongside our normal content and i think i'm just really excited to bring out these podcasts with a proper discussion about the world of golf what's happening in golf as well as doing some great guests and some great guesswork and my absolute thing we really do want to host some face-to-face tournaments next year both in the uk and the usa so we look forward to trying to arrange that type of stuff as well so there's loads of stuff we're trying to do and um I'm very excited. Good man, love that. Big ambitions. That's what it's all about. You got to, you got to swing big, although not too big. That your arms get disjointed and you slice it and shoot 97 this morning. That's cool, mate. We all do it, mate. We all do it. I was two over the other day after five and shot 97 as well. So I'm exactly as you are, Jay. You're the professional amongst us. Let's be honest. You're far better than any of us it's all right you can say it. what are you looking forward to apart from rubbing our faces in your skill and quality my friend <laughs> first of all I, I would never do that everybody know, knows that um i only rub, rubbing in the faces of people that like give me a hard, hard time on twitter and those 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 people know who, who they are so uh but but no i i think part of the reason this uh goes right after uh golf lover uk and sort of why uh uh, he wanted to do this as, as well. Look, I've been around golf for, I mean, a long time now. It's been over 25 years since I started playing golf, uh, even competitively. You know, I started in around 1995. So we're ta- talking a, a pretty significant chunk of my life. And honestly, this has been the most interesting time in golf, in uh, professional golf in my lifetime. I don't think there is any question about that. 
yes, we've definitely had some ebbs and flows over the course of the last few, few decades, but we have not had a time like this that is literally changing the entire business, the entire complexion of the pro golf world from the very top level all the way down. Like it has been so, so interesting that, you know, just kind of having a forum to sort of talk about this and things have been changing week to week, even day to day, like everything, so many things have been happening every single week, even when there isn't a golf tournament that's like something people are really interested in. There's all these other sort of ancillary things going on with the merger going on with, you know, uh, things various players are saying in the media with changes to the tours, like all of these things are sort of coalescing at the same time. So there's no better time to talk about this stuff. So that's probably number one for me. And then the number two is we've had the great fortune of meeting so many great people in and around the golf world. Uh, and we're going to have so many great guests that I'm really in- interested uh, in talking to. We, we've already got our first guest lined up who is someone uh, that pretty much the entire golf world is going to know. Um, you know, and, and it's someone that I've known now for, you know, a year or two. Um, and yeah, he uh, he was pretty adamant that he wanted to be our first guest, even before we we knew we were going to do, do a podcast. He, he's like, Pro Golf Critic, when you start a podcast, I'm being your first guest and I'm not taking no for an answer. So I was like, okay. So so uh, in addition, like we're, we're going to have a lot of players that, that we've, you know, talked to over, over the course of time. And and again, we're, we're going to cover all of this the, the fair way. We, we really want to get the sort of true opinions of a lot of folks out there. We want to uh, sort of ask them questions that they haven't been asked. Uh, to date, um, I think Golf Lover, you you did an amazing job at the Live London press conference where uh, you were talking to Majestics. And honestly, you asked them. A, I've watched every single Live press press conference from the, from the beginning, and you asked them the first question that like actually made them sit back and think. Like that's a great question. <laughs> like it, it took them like a full twenty thirty seconds to really like come up with with an answer those are the, the sort of really deep and sort of layered uh questions and comments that we really want to want to dive into and we just feel like you know if there were other podcasts that, that were re- really doing this like it wouldn't be quite as exciting for us to sort of dive in but we really do feel like we're going to be one of the only ones that are, that are uh sort of taking the, these really really deep dives so those are really the two things that I'm super excited about. I just want to make sure that we make it really clear that we're, while we're going to have our deep dives, there's also going to be levity and like snapshot views. And I think that's really good because I find sometimes some podcasts go very deep into just the banal, boring stuff over the top. And like, I know people have already said, oh, are you just going to talk about live and bash the PGA tour because we've been positive? About We're not like, I, I must say, I'm loving the live event we've had this week at, at Bedminster. It's been fantastic, but I love the FedEx cup playoffs. I think they're fantastic, but I'll be honest. I think TPC Southwind is a dreadful course. And I think that, I think the PGA tour will be so much better off having the over their events but moving that somewhere else 
like they've done like they've done with the with the BMW. They've moved that around a bit, and that event's been so much better from being moved around. Um, they had it at the New York course. My brain's gone blank again. I, I can't remember the. Um, they've had a Liberty National they've moved it around it's been fantastic I think like the PGA Tour I love this FedEx Cup I love the the, the, the ability to qualify get that place move up are you in the top 50 are you good I love it I think it's great but I'll be honest I think TBC Southwind stinks and I think they could be a much better course so we're going to be really honest about that I also thought that the Orlando course that Liv played at I thought that was really quite average and probably shouldn't be used again but I love golf and I'm allowed to think that I'm allowed to say good things about all, all the events. Oh, if you want me to talk for seven hours about Walton Heath, where the ladies are played, I will gladly talk you through all 36 holes. I played at Walton Heath and how that is one of the most underrated course in the entire world. We're not going to do that today. I promise. <laughs> it's a great course, man. It's a great course. It's uh, my, my old coach is a, uh is the head pro there, Simon. He moved from the village that I live in in the north down to Walton Heath. I was like, that's quite a move. And then I find out he was the uh, one of the coaches at Carnoustie before he came to my little village. I was like, how the heck did you end up here? How did you end up here? But anyway, nonetheless, Walton Heath is a wonderful course. And Ben, I, I want to spend a minute. We're going to get to the Phil stuff in just a second. But I think to wrap this up, I think it's really important because the... There is no doubt that that you guys are, are are outspoken when it comes to live and 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 the the fairness in the approach and so on and so forth around how not only live but golf across the board is represented and 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 how it it deserves a look from all angles and I think that is that is is quite an important thing. There is without a shadow of a doubt there was there will be a cohort of people that will come at this podcast at GLU Golf Club on Twitter. They will come at it now that I've read that handle out at GLU Golf Club on Twitter and they will say, live shills, live, live, live. You know, what are you guys, are you at it again? This is BS. Why Why are you even doing this? This is ridiculous, you know. How, how, do, how do you answer that? How do you, how do you put something out called the fairway when you are going to get a massive contingent of people coming at you guys with that kind of content. What's, what's that approach? Well, it's just, a, it's just prejudging, isn't it? Unless they're going to listen to the podcast and hear the product's going to be created. If you're moronic enough to go, you're going to say this and you're going to have this view without listening to it. I've got no, I've got no time for them. I don't need to hit a block button because I don't need to hit a block button on here. Someone the other day said, oh, I can't see what uh, Golf Lover UK writes because he's blocked me. I've got a golden rule on Twitter. I don't block anyone unless they either use foul language or they're abusive. So in my everyday life, if you're going to come up to me and talk to me and use foul language and be abusive, I'm not going to talk to you. Twitter's exactly the same. If you want to engage in a debate and we want to say things, I had a guy, we had a guy come at us the other day, pro golf critic and I, and, and like, it was just moronic after moronic statement about about addicts. And that's the thing we'll come on to in a, in a minute about Phil. And I was just like, well, why why are you treating a gam- someone with a gambling addiction differently to when you treat the drug, ad- drug addiction or, or alcoholism? And their answer was, because it's Phil. You're like, well, then that's the problem. If you're not going to approach it in a fair way, I don't, I'm not interested in that. And, and I, I know this is going to sound really daft. I've always said this. 
If you want to ask us questions and you don't think we're fair, ask us the questions. We'll discuss them. If there's any players or managers or agents that feel we misrepresent someone, they can come on and talk to us. We, we, I'll talk to anybody. What I'm not going to do is get into a smud slinging match with people making prejudgments and, 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 and assumptions about what we're going to do. It just seems a little bit beneath what we're trying to do. No, I completely agree. Uh, you know, and by the way, if anybody wants to call me a live show, I'm totally fine with it. I've been called that basically for the last 18 months. Um, I don't really care anymore. Like after all the things that I've written, all of the opinions that I've shared, all of the just information about why I feel the way that I do about professional golf. If you're still not like understanding the point of view that I come from, newsflash, you're actually the show. So I, I think that I, I have been very, very clear about my reasons why, you know, I've, I've been very high on live. I've also been very clear about the reasons why I've been down on the PJ Tour, you know, and I will continue to criticize the PJ Tour very, very outspokenly because that's just how, how I feel. I'm very passionate about this stuff. So everybody just needs to realize that before I dive into a lot of these things, like I just come from a place of passion. I love golf. Golf has given me a, a lot in my life. Uh, professional golf as well has given me a lot in my life. Um, you know, and I feel like, you know, uh, golf as a whole, the most important thing for me was golf really needed change because if there's any way we're actually going to grow the game of golf, and I know people hate the term grow the game. Like I totally get it. I literally just wrote an article on this. Um, however, it is very important if you are a golf fan that like the entire ecosystem should continue to grow. We're able to sort of increase the you know amount of people playing golf, the amount of golf courses uh, that, that people have access to. I'm going to be really big on course access here in the United States that is an important block that I'm, I'm going to stay on. I've got some very strong opinions on this that are probably going to drive some people insane, but you know, hopefully not, not you, you too, but, um, but, but I, I do have some, some very strong opinions on that. And all of this comes from a place of wanting professional golf to be in a better spot and making it more appealing to more people, because I feel like the golf establishment has done the bare minimum as far as growing golf over the past, over my lifetime, basically. Um, and they pretty much just got lucky that a kid from Cypress, California came along that like got way more, more people involved in golf, uh, sort of passionately um, about golf. And that's, you know, Tiger Woods. You can't expect another Tiger Woods to come along every, you know, 10, 20, 30, 30 years. It just doesn't happen. So you do need to be creative. You need to figure out these other ways. Like I'm a, um, even though they haven't started yet, like I'm going to be a big fan of uh, TGL. I, I know a lot of the live sub supporters on my timeline. They like automatically hate the TGL. Um, I like it because I do think that it's going to be tapping into another demographic that is going to increase, you know, interest in the game of golf, which is a very, very important thing. Um, and there's plenty of, space for all of these things. I think that it's been proven over the past year that live has been in existence. The PJ tour is going to be fine without uh, some of the 
uh, more interesting personalities that have gone over to live. It's been very, very steady. And now you have this, this new product that's able to increase interest around the globe. So that's the path uh, uh, to like making golf as big as it can be. Um, and that is my block that I'm always going to, uh, going to be on and also centering the conversation because there's, there's been so much negativity about live from the beginning. And there's been so many people just like totally shilling for the PJ tour that, that like part of my job has been centering that conversation that like live isn't uh, as bad as all these people make, make it out to be. And the PJ tour isn't nearly as good as all these other people make, make it out to be. It's a lot closer together. And that's really, really important for me to get across. I say one thing real quick that you talked about with the shill comment. It goes both ways. And I don't, I just want to say that this is about being fair. But if people want to make those comments, uh, Golf Dad, and I think, I think people will, they will come at it because that's, that's what people do. And also it's faceless. They're behind the keyboard. They get a bit of pleasure out of it. They get their dopamine hit. They're divorced, haven't spoken to their part, ex-partner for 15 years. Like they're just depressed and they want to take it out on someone. I get that. But you've got to be fair down the line. And one of the big things I saw that disgusted me, at Live London, Bryson did an incredible, incredible hour and a half for the British blind golfers. It was absolutely superb. One of the one journalist, and I'm not going to say his name, I'm not going to give any credit at all. That journalist walked from that session into the media room, took a photo that was available to the media pack that we could all have, put it on Twitter with Bryson with the blind goggles on and said, what's your funniest caption? Now, what he should have done is, what an amazing session from Bryson to give him an hour and a half of his own time on a Wednesday before a tournament, helping coach blind golfers. But that didn't get called out by anyone other than me, Pro Golf Critic, and a few other people. And Golf.com ended up taking it down. But the people that say we're shills, who they they weren't willing to criticize that. So until people are willing to criticize the sort of the the dual the dual view and the, the double standards from other people, I find it really hard to buy into to what they're saying. Because that was disgusting, and no one on the other side took called it out. Yeah, that was a big, big problem. And you kind of see that th- this has been one of the things that, that we've seen consistently from the, let's just call them the uh, corporate golf media. Um, I'm trying to move, move away from the other term because I feel it has kind of jumped the shark a little bit. Especially when, when you see some of these guys in, in the media were referring to themselves using the CGM uh, moniker. Um, A lot of these guys have been doing the same consistent stuff for the past year. So, um, and if people don't see like what's been, been going on uh, at this, this point, I just consider them to be kind of a lost cause. Um, I am going to continue to cite these things. We are going to continue to cite these things that we think are, uh, sort of unfair. Um, a lot of the uh, treatment of Phil Mickelson cer- certainly falls into the uh, that category of that. You know, Phil Mickelson did this great uh, another sort of clinic for these young adaptive golfers uh, prior to, to the start of Bedminster, and 
This wasn't covered at all in the golf media. Um, I, I did see there was one very small sentence that was in this one golf writer's um, his uh, article that, that he wrote about it. Um, I, I think it was Adam Woodward. So uh, shout out to him. Um, he, he wrote a very uh, uh, small sort of snippet about that per- particular clinic. So, um, and that wasn't appearing in these golf publications at all for the past year. So I do want to give them a little bit of credit. Maybe they are starting to like get to the other side of this because they're, they're not going to have any choice in the matter, especially if they, they realize live is going to continue on. The team aspect is going to continue on. Hopefully this, this merger goes through and they are going to have to start treating all corners of the golf world more fair. So we're going to have to see how that goes. I think the last thing I'd touch on that you mentioned is with the, with you said about the TGL. I'm really excited to see that TGL and loads of people are criticizing it already. And like, I think actually, I think it's got the, it's got the potential to be really, really popular and really big. Like I read a report that 45% of all golf balls hit in America are now hit on a driving range. Mm, really? Interesting. Yeah. And they think that's the growth of, growth of top golf and other yes. golf style um, what would you call them? V- virtual rating, not virtual, but the interactive range yeah, session. Virtual golf. Yeah, virtual yeah, golf. yeah. Virtual yeah. golf, interactive golf. Yeah, like like both. both. And, and that, that's that has now leaked into the UK a little bit. There, there are more and more places with it. Obviously, America really did run with that. I think for me, that's really interesting to see where that where that goes. Um, and I actually also think there are some space left on the TGL. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those were filled with live players. Um, there are some really big personalities on live that would add to that product for Tiger and for Rory. Oh my God. Like there's basically two, two names that would, would really send the TGL into the stratosphere. Like imagine there, there being a team, a TGL team that had Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau on it. Like, We've already seen in the YouTube video that came out last week at Greenbrier, the two v v two match that um, you know Bryson and Anurban Lahiri had with uh, Phil and Cam Tringali. Like that, that was must see TV. That 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 was such great commentary uh, that that I really do think. Uh, that that's something uh, that that's going to continue on. And I think the TGL really needs to tap into that because that is such an important uh, segment that the, the TGL is potentially missing out on. So uh, that is a really, really important, important thing uh, uh, to watch going forward. There's absolutely no doubt that there are big personalities on, on both sides of this without a shadow of a doubt. And I, as a big simulator golf fan myself, I've got a golf sim. That's where, that's where I improve my golf when it's cold and raining. And I, I believe that that idea, that franchise, the, the way that it's been positioned, when it's going to be played, when it's going to be broadcast, I think is going to work really nicely. And, 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 and Jay, back to what you said about accessibility to golf courses. I think this is another way of allowing people to understand that actually golf is not all about getting dressed up and going out and playing golf on a Saturday or a Sunday morning and, you know, risking getting wet if you're not in, if you're not in California. So I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for that, but I do agree that personalities 
are very, very important. You know, huge, huge variances in personalities are what create the storylines. Everyone from Brooks and Bryson, frenemies, now friends, you know, that's one example of the type of storyline. And there's perhaps no bigger, perhaps no bigger personality in golf for the last 30 years than one Phil Mickelson. And he's been in the news a little bit this week because he and uh, Mr. McElroy have been throwing things around again. And it was it was a little bit of a one-way street this week, I'll, I'll, you know. We've got to be honest with this one. This was was this was at the the, the St Jude at the the first playoff, and 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 Rory had, had essentially thrown a little bit of shade at Phil, saying that of course, well, this year he can bet on the Ryder Cup because he's not going to be involved in it. And there's a been a, a there's been a lot of reactions from both sides. There's been everything from let's get over this; it's just a joke, right through running the entire gamut through to you know should we be making comments about addiction like that? And I. I have seen I've seen the gamut. I've seen the whole range of comments and retorts to this. So um Jay, first of all, what what do you, what do you make of this? Is this, is this just the, the the latest in a long line of Rory being Rory and Liv being Liv and PGA being PGA? Is it is it just another footnote in this story? Is there more to it? Like how do you read this? Yeah, you know, it's definitely kind of a footnote, uh, you know, but one of the things that I want to make uh, clear is that I do feel like most of the little uh, snide comments uh, Rory's uh, has made about Bell Phil or has made about Bell Liv, I feel like it's been very scripted. Like, it, it's like, I just don't think that he's that clever, to, <laughs> to, to be honest. Like, I feel like uh, the, these questions in the press conferences are total setups. I feel like it's almost like he's like like practicing saying these things in the mirror. Um, I don't know that for for a fact, but I do feel like you know it's just it just shows that you know. And um, unfortunately, I have have been a bit of a, a Rory defender, you know, especially the the past couple months, just be, because knowing some of the behind the scenes things that have been going on, I felt like he was actually a pretty important catalyst to like getting the PJ tour to uh, come to the table to, uh, uh, to talk to the PIF and sort of start this, the conversations about the merger. I thought that he was an important part of that. That being said, he's also been by far the most divisive person in the entire world of golf over the past year, uh, year and a half from saying live was totally dead in the water about eight, 18 months ago to saying that he would rather retire than play on live golf at any point to uh, saying F you Phil in the, the full swing doc documentary to him coming out about Phil's gambling. Like, I, I mean, th- this has been just, just like a, a vicious cycle of what, like Rory kind of putting his foot in his mouth. Um, and I, I do think that honestly he's catering to a lot of his, his fans. Like I saw, on social media, when there were videos of, about the comments that he made about, about Phil, there were so many of his like very loyal and sort of staunch supporters. I call them sycophants, but you call them shills too. But we'll, 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 we'll call them supporters in this instance. They were, they think Rory can basically do no wrong. And it doesn't matter what he says, it's like the, the funniest thing they've ever, they've ever heard. And 
you know, I just, again, I didn't think it was funny. I, I thought it was just like, you know, why does he, he want to go on this route again? Like, I feel like we, we should be moving towards uh, sort of healing some of these, these riffs. Um, although maybe Rory just, uh, he likes the, this sort of conflict and back, back and forth with, with Phil. I don't think that he should, because I, I know for a fact, if, if this was a debate between the two, two of those, Phil would like make sure to finish it. So I don't think Rory should, should really, um, should really say too much more at this point. I, I know that he, he will continue to, but you know, I don't like it. And I think that he needs to stop. It's interesting to me, looking from the outside, not as close as you guys are to this. Rory, to me, was always pre-live. You know, if we think Rory up to, I don't know, let's say age 30, he was extremely articulate. He was extremely for golf. He was extremely... And I think he is even now in this regard. He was always very, or appeared to be very open about his game. You know, he has a bad round, he owns that. And it, it feels as if this new aspect, I don't know whether it is scripted, I don't know whether it's something to do with um, his, let's be honest, his legacy planning. You know, when when a, a star of that calibre is not playing anymore and is suddenly not in the limelight anymore, where do they go from there? I don't know if there's an element of future-proofing the brand, Rory, but it feel, it just feels like, this element is reasonably new. He 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 never came across as nasty. He never came across as someone that was out to cause harm or to cause uh, personal slights upon people. And certainly, as someone that is is or appears to respect the legacy of the game, you, there's no way at all that you can discount Phil Mickelson from the legacy of the game of golf. There's absolutely no way that you can do that. So it's fascinating to me. Ben, how 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 did you feel about Rory pre-live? And where do you think he sits now in, 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 in all of this? Given these latest comments, given what Jay's just mentioned about, you know, is this... Is this scripted? Like, what? How do you feel about that pre-live Rory, post-live Rory? Like, where where do you sit in all this? I think. Look, let's start with the obvious. He's one of the greatest golfers of all time. I there's very few people I like actually listening to more talk about the mechanics of golf, the way you play golf, the way you approach golf than Rory. I think he's top ten all time talker of golf. It feels that in the last three to four years, he feels like he has to have a comment about everything. And he also has got that Elvis Presley, no one's told him no, he does what he wants. I've always said that you need someone in your team room, in your team dress, in your dressing room, in your sports, in your changing room with you to tell you when you're being a bit of a dick. And to say to you, do you know what? You didn't need to say that. It's like, it's like he's got no elder statesman to put his arm around him. I remember it years ago. I was, I was 20 and I'd run my mouth in a cricket match. A guy called Phil Hunt said to me, he just took me outside and went, don't ever do that again. You don't need to do it. It's like, all right, you're right. And he said, do you understand why? And I kind of went, mm. and he explained to me why I was wrong. 
and it made me a better bloke because of it. I feel like Rory just make make jokes of Phil, fall out with Phil, have fun with Phil. But why on earth are you picking on a bloke for his addiction? Because would Rory have done that to a drug addict? No. Would Rory have done it to an alcoholic? No. So why do it to Phil's gambling addiction? Because Rory thinks it's funny and someone just needs to say to him, you're being a bit of a dick there, mate. Take the piss out of him if you want. Go for it. But don't go, don't go that route. And it's like he's got no one just to say to him, come on, mate, think about it. Yeah, and this is totally from the Tiger Woods school of yes people. Like, I feel like Rory is sort of following in this legacy of, you know, Tiger, uh, like, you know, I hate to get too, too deep, deep in this. We'll save this for, for another another time. But I, I do feel like, you know, Tiger's father was, was always the one to, like, uh, keep uh, Tiger centered. And his, his parents both. Um, and I feel like when he lost his father, like that, that was like a really strong uh, person that he had in his life that he no longer had. So he started to be surrounded more with like, yes, people. Um, and I feel like Rory's kind of in the same boat. Like, I feel like Rory has a lot of yes people around that, that like, you know, um, I, I honestly think uh, the one person that, that I felt like was, was not um, a yes person in Rory's life was his old caddy, J, uh, JP Fitzgerald. Like, I feel like he was actually a really important voice. Like he was this like almost uh, a father figure in, in his life where that, that kept him very sort of grounded on, on the uh, golf course, uh, kept him centered. Um, and he uh, dropped him for like his best friend. That's basically just going to be a yes person. Like, I don't, I don't know if his, his caddy, like I've seen their sort of interactions, like, it's not like a Phil and Bones situation or a Tiger Woods and Steve Williams situation where like they're um, having like conversations on, on the golf course about like what what they should and shouldn't be doing. I think Rory's the the boss. I think that um, Harry Diamond, which is his uh, caddy that he's had now for six years, is kind of like a yes caddy. just kind of does does what he says. And this is based off of the – conversations that, that I've heard on, on the golf course, which are a stark contrast to the types of conversations where you used to have with JP when he was on, on the bag. And I think that's a mic- microcosm for sort of what, what's happened um, in uh, Rory's life the, the last five, six, seven years. And I think that you do really need those people in your life that are going to tell you when something, they, they don't like it. And it needs to be somebody that commands a certain amount of respect from that particular athlete. I don't think Tiger has that at all anymore. I don't think Rory has that at this point either. I would love Billy Foster to be on the bag for Rory. I think if Billy Foster and his attitude, the way Billy is, he'll hold your feet to the fire. I've met Billy a couple of times, fantastic after dinner speaker, real gruff, blunt, honest, and also cares. Like He listened to stories about Seve. He wasn't just Seve's caddy. He, he, He was Seve's friend and protector. And I think actually having Billy Foster on Rory's bag, I'd go as far as say Rory and mate would have won two or three more majors. Just, yeah. But this isn't, this isn't a hit job on Rory. I I love him. I, I, in fact, the reason I criticized Rory for that comment was because it's beneath him and he doesn't need to do it. 
He doesn't need to do it. It's beneath him. He is one of the greatest golfers to ever play golf. He's one of the greatest talkers about golf. He is one of the greatest athletes to have ever played any sport, period. He doesn't need to make sarcastic little jibes about someone's addiction. He's much better than that. I agree. And I, 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 I see the elements of Rory. You know, when I... When Liv first came about and it was, you know, even before it was pre-Liv and it was, it was, there was just discussion around, you know, a potential rival tour or, or however it was termed, Rory was, he felt like he was stepping into leadership because he is articulate, he's a clever guy, he's a smart guy, he seems, well, he's, in, in a lot of elements then he seemed fair in the way that he approached things. Let's be honest, he knows the business of golf better than probably anyone because it's his business it's his job every single day and 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 it, so he does know the ins and outs of it and i think you've absolutely nailed it ben i think it feels like if if you if you take a leader in any in any area if you take a leader if you take bob Iger from from disney if you take anyone from any corporation and they bring themselves down to the level of personal insults you do you see that it, it, it's not befitting of a leader, and I think if you if you are someone like Rory, that has become a, a he's become you know visually from a branding perspective the tiger of the generation in that he's leading the charge for people when it comes to accessing golf, and you know I would argue that probably Bryson's the successor to that. I think he he's he's commanding a lot of attention from a certain type of people who want to get into get the game of golf because they've seen what Bryson can do. They've seen that it's cool that you can you can win a US Open whilst also bashing it 340 yards on average. And it's I think there's something really interesting about mapping leadership to respect, to sarcasm, and a lack of the latter two, uh, or a lack of respect, but a, 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 a massive abundance of sarcasm, sorry. And I, I, it just, something doesn't map there. If you're going to be the leader and you want to reason your arguments every time you take a swing like this, and I would say the same thing if it was Phil doing it, if it was Bryson or Brooks or anyone on live, if you do that, you you chip away at your own brand of leadership. And and thus, can you actually, can you, can you have your cake and eat it? Can you be the leader whilst also taking pot shots? And I think I, I, I agree with you, Ben. I think for me it was... That was the thing for me that made me think, well, like you said, you are just, a, you should just be better than that. Like, how can we respect this side of you if this side exists? And it's, you know, would I want that at my work? No, someone would be getting a very stern talking to. So, it, it, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly think you guys have, have nailed that one. And it's, I think for clarity as well, I think by what you said, I, I don't, this is not about it being Rory. This is about it being someone in a position of perceived power with a very prominent public face taking pot shots. And even I'd even go so far as to say, like, even if you remove the addiction part, like, what's the point in taking pot shots? You don't achieve anything except for a little bit of press for yourself. And that's sort of, that's just, that feels a bit cheap. You know, it just feels a bit cheap. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think like just sort of comparing folks like I, I just can't see someone like Tiger Woods say, saying this in a, a press conference about Phil. There's just just no way. 
maybe, maybe pri- privately, I'm, I'm sure Tiger said way, way worse. But, you know, there is a, a little bit of a public persona here. Maybe this is something like, like maybe it is. And this is kind of me being kind of a conspiracy theorist is maybe Rory does want to uh, continue to sort of feed this division because like maybe long term he is thinking that this is there is going to be the, these like rivalries between the PJ Tour players and live players. And it could culminate into another golf comp competition uh, similar to the Ryder Cup you know, where maybe they do want to continue to sort of drum up this level of interest and sort of vitriol, and they want to keep it that that way. Because long-term, they do see the prospects for sort of having this schism and having the guys on the PGA Tour side versus the guys on the live side. I don't know if that's uh, for sure. I have talked to a few people about, about that who on the live side think it's a great idea. The PGA Tour guys don't want any part of it right now because they've got too much to lose. Uh, but I do think the, the live players are very, very interested in pr- potentially pursuing that. So we'll have to see how it play it plays out. But keep that in the back of pe- uh, people's minds that the, there might be more to it than uh, uh, what meets the eye with sort of Rory's comments. And there may be more to what he has to say. So we'll have to see. Fascinating, fascinating. That's very interesting. We're becoming the WWE if we're allowed to even call it that anymore. I live in England, mate. I've got no idea what we're allowed to call it anymore. Oh, dear. It's <laughs> a great oh, point. Oh, dear. We've become, yeah. we've no, become I mean, pro it, wrestling. It's, it's box office. It really is. Like they're, they're, That's part of the reason why it's been so interesting is because it's been like a reality TV show. Now, talk about box office. <clears throat> You're all about to go back in time because while this is our launch... Last week, Bryson shot 58 and Jay and I went, we've got to get a podcast out. We've got to record one. Let Mark work his wizardry. Let Mark do what he's got to do. He can, he can put it out later. So following this podcast, there's going to be one dumped. It won't be edited brilliantly because we just were two blokes overly excited recording it. Talking about Bryson's 58. So I hope you enjoy that as well because that was, that was box office. That was. That fifty-eight. I, I watched it. I watched it back the other day. I watched the the nine. If you if you go on YouTube, go to the Live Channel or download Live Golf. Download the Live Golf app. It's like a nine-minute, maybe eleven-minute. I can't remember. Highlight reel of Bryson. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And what's really insane is if you take his round on the Saturday and Sunday, add them up, divide them by two. So over the weekend, he shot an average of fifty-nine point five. <laughs> Crazy. Unbelievable! Uh, I, I've never seen anything like like that in my entire entire life, and I've been watching golf, playing golf for a really long time. Um, you know, shooting one nineteen on the week weekend is so unbelievable to me. And the thing that that just blows my mind. So over the weekend, uh, Mito Pereira shot sixty two sixty three, which is like on the surface you, you see that like oh my god, that might be the best weekend I've ever seen. And Bryson literally beats him by six. <laughs> like, that is so crazy. He shot uh, 187. There's only one other person. Actually, I did my own research on on this, so, so I know it's fact. There's only one other person that shot uh, 187 over a 54-hole period. And the, the history of high-level pro- professional golf, so we're talking PJ Tour, we're talking Live. The only other person to do it was... Dustin Johnson, 
the 2020, I believe they called it the Northern Trust back back then. Um, uh, it was at uh, TPC Boston uh, uh, when he won by 11. Uh, I believe he shot 30 under par, uh, but for his first uh, uh, 54 holes, he, he shot 187. So uh, incredible performance. It's something that he's going to be able to hang his hat on for forever. There's only been two 58s in really high, high level, level golf. Um, you know, yeah, just spectacular performance. I watched that that video uh, several times. And on Bryson's own YouTube channel, he kind of has his own uh, cut that he does too. Highly rec- recommend people follow Bryson's YouTube channel too because he's got a lot of great content. Absolutely. Go and check it out, guys. We'll stick out a bonus episode about Bryson's feet and it's it's worth as you said Jay it's worth following Bryson over on YouTube because he's got some fascinating insights over there as well and he's just a lot of fun he's a good guy I've always found him fascinating uh, since he uh, since he arrived on tour really and started start mixing things up a little bit so go check him out we will stick that episode up as a bonus episode as well right after that you can identify that inside your podcast app because it will say bonus on there so this will be episode one and there is of course a bonus out there we're going to stick a pin in it for this inaugural episode of golf lovers unite where we discuss golf in the fair way we're going to be back with some more fantastic content we're going to dig into all aspects of golf every single tour we are interested in we're going to talk to equipment manufacturers we're going to talk to coaches caddies players and beyond so thank you so much for joining us joining us i've been at golf dad uk we've been joined by the wonderful at golf lover uk and the one and only pro golf critic ben until next time my friend thank you so much it's been a pleasure wonderful stuff and jay see you next time my friend it's been a pleasure looking forward to this and hopefully everybody enjoys it at home and uh yeah we're looking forward to it Head over to glugc.com and you can listen in your podcast app of choice. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, if you agree with what we say, if you disagree with what we say, or if you're completely ambivalent and just want to send us a gif, you can do so. GLU Golf Club over on Twitter. Until the next time, bye-bye for now.